This is The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Batting down the hatches, boys, because it is a... uh it's a frog strangler over here at Radio Ranch, just outside of the Ingalls studio. As always, first hour of the program, brought to you by Ingalls. Low prices, love the savings. Tank Spencer, Jeremy Green's here as well. And we're that much closer to the start of the football season. It's the 30 days of draftmas. <laughs> uh, we, got, we, we got 30 days to football. One and, calendar month, four weeks, two days. We, we have almost made it. We have almost made it. And uh, we got a lot to talk about today. There's uh, rumors circulating around the NFL. Of course, once again, you want to say it? It's a great day. It's, I mean, it's a great day for Deshaun Watson to become a Philadelphia Eagle. <laughs> I mean, we're on day, what, 905 of that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deshaun Watson, though, uh, today, David Culley saying that he doubts that uh, Deshaun Watson's going to play in the, in, in the game in their opener of the preseason, and then later said, I don't even think he's traveling with the team. Yeah, it would be hard for him to play if he's not traveling with the team. At this point, the most aggressive thing they will let Deshaun Watson do is wipe his nose with a Kleenex that doesn't have Vicks Vapor Rub in it. Anything that is more dangerous to his health, he will not do. No, absolutely not. Part of the reason that uh, he showed up in pads yesterday at practice and then uh, about an hour later went and changed into shorts. Cause pretty sure I'm still maintaining he did that just to be just to make a point. Pretty sure Nick Casario said, "Look, don't do anything to get yourself hurt." He put his pads and his jersey on and went. Can't do anything about me putting it on. What are you gonna do now, Coach? <laughs> Go back to the locker room. <laughs> exactly. We've been over this. There Go away. Still waiting on Deshaun Watson to be traded. It's an inevitability at this point. I mean, after John McClain came out and said that there is zero chance of him ever taking another snap for the Houston Texans, it's really what are you waiting on right now? Do you think they're stonewalling teams? Is that what's going on right now? What's holding this up is that Philadelphia is calling, but Houston's saying, no, we want five first-round draft picks? There was a report that they think they can get Deshaun Watson to be reinvested in Houston, and that if they wait this out, he will come around and want to be Houston, Texas. Why? What What do you have to offer him? Nothing. Uh, the best thing they can offer him is 20% off his dry cleaning right. at, the, at a Houston area dry cleaner. The same team that he led last year, led the league in passing. And, and they were still 4-12. They were still 4-12. I mean, Deshaun Watson will make no difference for that football team. Oh, no, that's not true. Without oh, they him, get, they're the worst team in the NFL. It's him, not even debatable. Without him, they win zero games. With him, they win four. Okay. Correct. Because with him, they will beat the Jacksonville Jaguars twice just on principle. <laughs> yes, I would agree with that as well. MJD doesn't think so, though. Of, of course he doesn't. Maurice Jones-Drew, they brought him in to talk to the team today, and he's telling the Jacksonville Jaguars, y'all got something really special going on here. 
Yeah. He, you got something special. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's something special, all right. Easy I, now. No, that, that's, that's not where I was headed with that. What I was going to say is you might have this special season of the worst team in NFL history. No. They're bad. They're not that bad. They're bad. Bad, but bad, bad. They are not 0-17 They're bad. terrible. They are terrible. They have they have a lot of weapons. They will they will at least win two games this year. Mm. Will they though? Against the Houston Texans. Mm. Will they though? Deshaun Watson plays quarterback for the Texans. I'll take Houston. Oh yeah, but Both we sides. know that's not going to happen. Mm. Houston doesn't seem to agree. Oh, you with think you. there's a chance? You think there's a chance? I don't know anymore. Gonna... I thought this would already be done. I thought it was done at one point. <laughs> Now we're still here, which is really, really annoying. Right. Uh, any do, do you have your sights on any trades other than that being made before the season starts? C.J. Anderson will get moved. Well, if if Jacksonville's one. honest about moving him, then he's going somewhere. Now, it's dumb. And why you would do that, I have absolutely no idea. Oh, he doesn't buy into the scheme. Right. Okay. He's uh, not an right. Urban Meyer right, guy. Urban. All right. Yeah, we, I've, I've read this book. This has a very LaShawn McCoy feel to it. Uh-huh. Let's just give away a really talented young player because he doesn't he doesn't like to play Maui. <laughs> right. Again, the top 10 pick from last year is apparently on the trade block and teams are already calling and one of them being reported today is the New Orleans Saints, which oddly enough that story came out at the same time that Patrick Robinson decided to retire. Well, that's reading tea leaves. I got news for you. If if that's really true about C.J. Henderson, 31 GMs called. Mm-hmm. If you didn't, you're not doing your job correctly. This is a guy that went ninth in the draft a year ago. Uh, you asked me about trades that could happen before the season. I think the New Orleans Saints would give you Michael Thomas right now for a non-refundable one-way ticket to uh, Billings, North Dakota. For C.J. Henderson. Give him, give him up for C.J. Henderson. I, I'll be honest with you. Jacksonville says no to that. Really? I honestly think Michael Thomas is the most unmovable contract in the NFL right now. Hmm. I had somebody in the NFL over the weekend tell me that Michael Thomas has become 10 times the headache that his uncle, Keyshawn Johnson, ever was. Yeah. Did you see the story that he just ignored them for three months? Yes. And here's the thing. He goes on social media. What was it? Sunday? He went on social media and posted out. Uh, what was it? They They talk about you. They try to ruin your, your your credibility, and you don't because you don't tell the full story. Right. It was something to that effect. It was. Hang on, I'm uh, I'm I'm efforting here uh, to the exact quote of the tweet. Uh, it says, "Well, look, it appears that we're gonna have to." Sp- oh no, that's not it. Never mind. I'm bad. at Riveting. This. Yeah, there it's it riveting. They tried to damage your reputation. You saved theirs by not telling your side of the story, and then he doesn't tell his side of the story. Like. Well, here's well, tell his, us what it is. Here's his side of the story. I signed this deal with Drew Brees. Then you tried to <laughs> sell me on Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. I tried to catch one pass over the middle, saw my life flash before my eyes, and went, no, no, uh-uh. I don't right. think I want to do this. Right. I mean, he's trying to take the moral high ground here of, well, I'm not going to tell my side of the story, but you can damage my reputation or try to damage my reputation all you want to. Uh, okay, well, if there is really a story to tell here, Michael, I think you owe it to all of us to tell us what your side of the story is. Because the other side of the story is, we told you we're, that you were going to have to have surgery, 
uh, or that you could have to have surgery. And then we tried to call you and tell you, hey, you need to go get that surgery. And you ghosted us for three months and then decided to have the surgery when it was going to affect your playing time coming coming into the season. Well, the rabbit hole it sent me down, he may very well have the worst deal in the NFL. Okay. He signed through 2024. There's $35 million fully guaranteed dollars left on that deal. Mm-hmm. The fifth highest paid receiver in the NFL. You think if they had to do that over again, they would? Because I'm going to go with no. That they wouldn't do it over nope. again? 28-year-old receiver that's had one really good year. Last year, he missed a lot of time, wasn't overly good. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I, I'll pass. I looked at the worst deals in the NFL, and beyond, to me, there's one tier. It's the Michael Thomas, Matt Ryan tier. Those are the two worst deals in the NFL, and I don't even think it's debatable. From there, there are a couple that might not you know, endear me to some of the people that listen to this show. Right. Because three and four are Ezekiel Elliott and Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. I would say Christian's definitely up there. And it's going to get worse as it escalates. And I know Panthers fans don't want to hear that because you love him and he's your favorite player. There's not a running back in the NFL that's worth $16 million. There's not. There's not mm-hmm. one in the NFL that's worth first-round draft pick. Mm-hmm. It's not. Every one of those has backfired on the team that's done it. Now, am I telling you you can't enjoy it right now? No. Because you have negotiated the the cap quite nicely. You have a young quarterback in Darnold that's going to be on a, I would say, on, it's very team-friendly this year. I would say it's reasonably team-friendly next year. I'd agree with that. I think, was it 18 million? I thought it was 20, 21, 22. It very well could be. Something like that. Any of that. I mean, you're you're $15 million below a lot of other teams mm-hmm. in the NFL. Yeah. So And that's okay. So a lot of people will hear me say, well, McCaffrey's in that next year, and they'll get angry because he, well, he's so good. And I get that. I get he's, that. He's worth it now, but he's not going to be worth he's it not worth in it six years. He's not worth it now. He's, he's not. not worth the money he's making nope. right now. No, he is not. I thought he was only making like seven seven million this year. Mm, no, his new deal's kicked in because no, he's, he he's five years in the league. Okay. He's making $16 million this year. Oh, okay. And I got news for you. Let, let's be let's be really <laughs> honest with each other. I'm looking at the highest APV deals on running backs in the NFL. And I'm going to do the same thing with receivers. Mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey's won $16 million. It's too much. He has the greatest running back in the NFL. Not debatable. He is the most multi-tooled player in the NFL at the running back position. If you were not saving so much money on this team being young everywhere else, that would be an albatross of a deal yes if you were having to pay 40 million dollars to a quarterback that's an albatross of a deal you know how i know that because of the guy that's number three get them in a second alvin kamara's two 15 million mm-hmm. you think they don't mind that if they had the opportunity you yeah. currently don't have a quarterback your number one wide receiver who you're overpaying anyway is out wants out slamming you on social media and you got ezekiel elliott at three who's he's actually tied for two but Think they'd like to get out of that deal after Absolutely. paying Dak Prescott forty million dollars? Absolutely. Absolutely they would. I will agree with you on Ezekiel Elliott. Uh not so much on Kamara and uh, yeah, to me it's iffy on, on Look at the win loss record. Look at the win loss record. Mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys had Zeke last year, they were a disaster. Carolina had Christian McCaffrey. I understand he was hurt. Mm-hmm. You're still not a you still on a playoff team. I think you're a playoff team now because you've drafted so well. I love what Carolina's done. 
And I feel like a lot of people are going to take this as a slight, and it's really not meant to be. It's I'm trying to prove a point. When you pay these high-end, no-doubt, skill position players, it almost always comes back to bite you. Yeah. Top 10 running backs, I could argue seven of them are just disaster deals. Wide receiver, I'll be honest with you. Looking at the top 10, I could argue... I could argue Tyler Lockett, Kenny Galladay, Odell Beckham Jr., Michael Thomas, Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen, and Julio Jones are all seven overpaid. And they're all ten, all all seven are top ten paid wide receivers. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't disagree with no. anybody on that list because every one of those is, teams has a massive hole somewhere, and right. I can tie it right back. And Julio Jones—that's even a little biased because they had to pay the bonus money. Mm-hmm. They the pro- traded for him, so the bonus money stayed right. in Atlanta. The, the problem I always have with this argument, though, is that somebody's going to do it. Somebody's, that's their market value. Mm-hmm. I, I don't disagree with you. D- so your rule is don't ever pay market value? It's not don't ever play market value. I'm not overpaying any position in the NFL but quarterback. Some people have argued the last few days that Josh Allen was overpaid with the new deal at $43 million. I'd argue he's overpaid. Oh, at forty three million. I would a argue year? that you could have told me it was fifty and I would have still gone <laughs> Good for you, Buffalo. Because <laughs> be really honest with yourself. Top ten highest paid wide receivers in the NFL. You mm-hmm. know how many other teams made the playoffs last year? One. Three. Tyler Lockett got bounced in the first round. Odell Beckham uh was not there. Right. And I'm missing one. Oh, Tyreek Hill. I'm going to credit that much more to Pat Mahomes than I am to Tyreek Hill. Sure. Not saying he doesn't help. Just saying. It gets harder and harder to build rosters this way. Mm-hmm. And the top two highest-paid receivers in the league, they didn't even sign those deals with the team they're playing for. Right. All the bonus money stayed in Houston and in Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, if I'm running an NFL team, there are there are certain places that I will... I don't want to say overpay because you know, you know I don't overpay for anything because I'm cheap. But uh, as an NFL GM, I would not begrudge a guy his money if he's star quarterback, top five, top ten quarterback in the league. Um, offensive line is another place that I would spend money. Tackle. You said tackle wrong. Well, yeah. I mean, the left not, tackle. That's yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not paying a guard twelve million dollars a year. Or Even whatever. Quentin Nelson. Quentin Nelson's the best guard in the NFL in the last ten years. Mm-hmm. That's going to be tough. And, and part of the it. onus of this was you were talking to me about the Darius Leonard deal. Yeah, yeah. The first words out of my mouth: "You overpaid for him. Ninety-five million dollars for five years as an off-ball linebacker. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. We've we've read that book too. If we're being really honest." Of an overpaid middle linebacker? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's off ball because he's... Or excuse me. Because Darius Leonard's an outside linebacker. He yeah. doesn't play in the middle. But you look at the guys that have been paid there. Fred Warner just got paid, so there is no... Th- th- there's no lineage there. Can you name the three highest paid off ball linebackers in the NFL? No. Bobby Wagner. Yeah. How good's that team? $18 million. And, and Bobby Wagner is a no-doubt Hall of Famer to me. Yes. C.J. Mosley with my Jets. Mm-hmm. How's that worked out? I mean, they're better when he's there. Uh, well, how would you know? He's played a grand total of one game in two years. Zach Cunningham of the Texans, they're terrible. Miles mm-hmm. Jack of the Jaguars, they're terrible. Deion Jones of the Falcons, they're terrible. The gist of what I'm trying to say here is you pay edge rushers, you pay off- you pay left tackles, premier left tackles, 
And you pay quarterbacks. That's it. I don't pay anything else. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying not I'm not going to give you. Lineman, not for You better be real good. You better be Aaron You Donald. better be. I'm not saying you got to be that good. I would say your floor better be Quinn and Williams. Okay. And, and I'm saying that because obviously because I'm a Jets fan and I know that team better. But I even look at two guys that were on that team. Leonard Williams got paid. Quinn and Williams has not yet. I love where the Jets are headed, and the Giants are a dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. That's not an accident to me right. because you keep overpaying things that just don't matter. Edge rushers. Pay big for edge rushers. 100%. Yeah. Khalil Mack. I mean, do you realize how bad that defense would be without him? If there's no Khalil Mack, you know what they are? The Denver Broncos of last year. Okay. And they at least had Bradley Chubb. Right. But Von Miller goes away, and all of a sudden, they don't get to the quarterback at the same level that they did. Mm-hmm. That affects games. But I see things like this with Michael Thomas, and I swear to you, I feel like we're I feel like I do this every year. A player gets signed. I tell you, I do not in any way because I said that when, when New Orleans signed Michael Thomas, you're gonna regret that deal. Mm-hmm. Odell Beckham said the same thing. Now I'm saying it with Darius Leonard. Fred Warner, it's just gonna be an accumulation of things because they've drafted so well, they got so many pieces that eventually you're gonna let somebody go because you chose to pay him. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm going with this. All these ancillary pieces, all these things that are good for your fantasy teams, they don't, they're not conducive to winning. Think about the top five picks in every fantasy draft. Dalvin Cook, no doubt playoff team? Nope. No. Saquon Barkley of the Giants? Nope. The only one that I look at and go, yeah, you're probably going to make the playoffs is Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. For sure. That's for it. sure going to make the playoffs. And I and I I I like Carolina. I can't tell you they're definitively a playoff team. I think they probably will be. Mm-hmm. Nick Chubb put him in that I don't, in it's that not category. the top 5 to me. Oh, okay. And he just got paid. So it hasn't had the time to affect you yet. Right. These deals age like dairy products mm-hmm. every time. Mm-hmm. It's not so bad the first, you know, you buy the gallon of milk and for a few days it's just wonderful. Every time you go to the fridge, you just see that and you just drink it out of the carton. At least I do. <laughs> you animal. I, I do. And then over a few days, it's like, oh, you know, we're getting close to the date. This is not as refreshing as it used to be. I mean, I'm still going to drink it, but it's it's not as wonderful as it was. Right. Then you get after the expiration date. And now you're drinking cottage cheese out of a container. <laughs> and that is disgusting. And that is how I feel about every one of these. Every one of these skill position, big money deals. These non these non premier positions that you pay these guys, mm-hmm. it never ages well, and we do it time and time and time again, and people never learn. Because I would argue you could put corner in that too. Mm-hmm. Jalen Ramsey, there's almost no number that you could put on him that I go, no, nah, I don't know that I'd do that. Well, I mean, it begs the question of how much is too much? How much is too much to pay somebody who doesn't play quarterback? We're going to get into that coming up right after this break because somebody is going to be in for a huge payday at one of these non-quarterback yet important positions. And he plays in Pittsburgh. You're, in, you're on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. You're in the sports tank. What are you people? On dope? It's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. How much is too much to pay a non-quarterback in the NFL? We've had a lot of deals in the last several years. I mean, you got to go back to Aaron Donald. 
getting the first 20 plus million dollar contract as a defensive player. And since then, every deal, well, even within two days after the Aaron Donald deal, the big major deals have gone up and up and up and up. And now we are at the point where somebody's going to break that $30 million a year mark for a non-quarterback in the NFL. We're far from that. You think so? Uh, number one highest paid edge rusher right now. How much does he make a year? Uh, Joey Bosa. It's like $27 million was his average per year. I was looking at... At just that deal, this year, that deal hasn't kicked in yet. So, I, yeah, yeah. That, that was an extension. He's still <laughs> right. I mean, he's well paid. Don't get me wrong, but he's not there yet. Right. It's Cleo Mack at twenty three five. I think you're still a ways away from that. I know what you're talking about because T.J. Watt wants yes. thirty thirty million dollars a year. Yes. Joey Bosa makes twenty seven million this year. Mm-hmm. It does kick in this year. He and Miles Garrett both kick in this year. Miles mm-hmm. Garrett got a deal averaging twenty five mil a year. Then Joey Bosa signs his big deal for 27 average a year. Now the question is, I mean, TJ Watt is, he's, he's, you've, you've said TJ Watt is the best pass rusher in the NFL. He is to me. And I'll be honest with you. If you told me Pittsburgh locked him up for the next six years at 30 mil a year, mm-hmm. I'm fine. Really? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay. I'm fine. It's, I mean, you got to understand what it's going to cost you. I mean, just look at that Pittsburgh roster. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to do something at quarterback because mm-hmm. Ben's got one ride left in him. All right, so you're going to draft one. Just a question of who. May or may not be great. you got Najee Harris on a cheap deal. Chase Claypool you got for three more years. It costs you Juju. Okay, so you can't re-sign Juju Smith-Schuster. Woo. Woo. I don't even know that they really wanted to re-sign him this year. He just signed for such a good deal. But the Steelers are the are, are the definition of what I'm talking about. They don't overpay anybody. Mm-hmm. Ever. Think about how many players have left Pittsburgh. James Harrison. On and on and on. How many guys have left that organization? And you go, well, they still had a year or two left in them. That's fine. They can play that year somewhere else. Yeah. We're not going to overpay them on the, and be on the backside of this deal. Because you wind up with a guy like T.J. Watt. You just pay him what he wants. If he wants $30 million and we get it done right now, Do it. done. Okay. I wouldn't think a second thing about it. But is edge rusher the the position that deserves it the most? Yes. Of the non-quarterbacks? Yes. Okay. Because, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, when he signed his deal with Arizona, he's averaging 27 and a half, I think it is. Something like that. I mean, it seems like a whole bunch of money, but there again, you're getting something that you can't get anywhere else. Mm-hmm. When you look at Michael Thomas, could you get the output from some other receiver without paying them $25 million a year or whatever Michael Thomas's salary is now? Well, and here's the thing. The DeAndre Hopkins deal, it's ba- it was basically a three-year extension. Mm-hmm. Because DeAndre's at, his cap number this year is 12 and a half. 22, he goes to 25, he's 27 and 23, and mm-hmm. 22 and 2024. Mm-hmm. That'll put him at 32. I'm not paying him again. No. But, I mean, I can deal with that. It's probably a little much. Mm-hmm. I'm not going any higher than that. I, and I'll be honest with you, my line of demarcation is like top eight in the league. DeAndre Hopkins, to me, the two best receivers in the NFL, un- unequivocally, no doubt, are DeAndre Hopkins and Devontae Adams. Okay. 
I would consider it with them, but even then I would know the backside of that's not going to look that great. Mm-hmm. That $22.5 million deal when he and when he's in his age 33 season, probably not going to be exactly what you're looking for. Would you consider that kind of money for A.J. Brown when he's ready? A.J. Brown's 23 years old right now. Right. So, yeah. Okay. I mean, that's one. My issue with Michael Thomas is he's an injury-prone guy. Mm-hmm. He's had injuries since he was at Ohio State. That's why he fell in the second round. The other guys you're talking about, I don't have those qualms with him. Do I love doing it? No. But you also got all right. Take Arizona for example. Who else are you paying? Mm-hmm. That team's been terrible for years. You're still two years out on Kyler Murray. You got two more years plus a team option on him, so you got three years. Weird how that coincides with exactly when DeAndre's deal go, runs out, right? Because you know you're going to have to pay him. But this goes back to a theory I've said on this show a hundred times. I'm never paying the quarterback unless they're a guy I look at and go, he can win me a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. There are eight of those in the NFL. So the Baker Mayfields, yeah, I'm out. I think Lamar Jackson's on the backside of that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'll pay him. I'll pay Dak Prescott. I'll pay Josh Allen. I'll pay Patrick Mahomes. I'm not paying Baker Mayfield. I'm not paying Kirk Cousins or whatever else. Right. I'm just not going to do it. And it's so funny to me that it's the same teams that do this on a cycle over and over and over. Because they get painted into a corner, and they feel like they have to. They feel like we have to overpay because it's the best thing going right now. And if you don't have a quarterback that you're paying astronomical money to, you can do that. Mm-hmm. That's where the Carolina Panthers are right now. Mm-hmm. You got Sam on a value deal. Well, you got two years of that. And I got news for you. The people that got angry and sent me tweets, that, Yo, well, how dare you say that about Christian McCaffrey? Okay, two years from now. Watch Sam Darnold get $35 million if this works. Then tell me how your cap ledger works. Yeah. Look tell at me that how team. it feels to watch a guy like, oh, I don't know, Jeremy Chin walk out the door because you can't afford to pay him. Mm-hmm. Because you're paying $16 million to a running back. And you're going to have to because all of, mm-hmm. these, all of these guys, all of these young guys that we're talking about on this defense, they're going to come up to get paid real soon. Yep. You know, real soon within that window of having to pay Sam Darnold and having the $16 million a year on Christian McCaffrey. On the books. The better the better drafting team you are, the more judicious you have to be with your money. Yeah. Um, I mean, with a, but with the salary cap getting ready to spike. It's going to spike, but it's getting, not going to spike in the level. That, it's just not going to go the way people think it is. Right. Because when here's what happens. When the salary cap spikes, who does that directly affect? Quarterbacks. That's what I said the minute the Pat Mahomes deal was done. By the time this deal's over, that might be the greatest value in the league. <laughs> right. Ten years from now, you might be paying $75 million a year for quarterbacks. That deal will get redone if that's the case. Oh, 100% it would get redone. <laughs> They'll keep him at market value. There are ways around that. Mm-hmm. We'll give him extra bonus money, stuff like that. Is that what you're talking about? No. there's just There are ways around that. I promise you, Pat Mahomes will never feel underpaid. The cap number no. might be pretty. But, yeah. But I mean, that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, a $113 billion TV deal is coming into play for the NFL. And as the salary caps go up, I think we're, I think we're pretty close to seeing a non-quarterback get $30 million a year. It's probably T.J. Watt. I was going to say it might be T.J. Watt. And if T.J. doesn't hit it, then it's going to be Nick Bosa. Very well could be. When Nick Bosa comes up for a contract, he's going to say, hey, T.J. Watt just got 28 and three quarters million dollars a year. I want 30. 
there are probably 10 players in the NFL that affect a line by half a point that don't play quarterback. T.J. Watt and, and the Bosa brothers are three of them. Mm-hmm. The sports tag. Just a bit outside. All right, here's the 411, folks. All right, while we're on the subject of contracts and yes we're going to get into the uh in the nba's latest mega contract here in a few but wanted to bring you the story of spencer dinwiddie spencer dinwiddie just uh got a new deal with the washington wizards and on top of the money that he's already going to make 62 million dollars over the next three years he's got bonuses tucked into this deal He gets a certain amount of money if they go to the Eastern Conference Finals. He gets a certain amount of money if they go to the Finals. Tied into this, though, is one of the best bonuses I think I've ever seen. That if the Washington Wizards end up winning the NBA title in the three years that Spencer Dinwiddie's with them, his bonus will be one whole dollar. I don't think I have ever seen that in an NBA contract of a bonus of a dollar. Why would you even write that into the contract? Somebody asked him about it yesterday in a, in a Zoom conference, and they said, "Just you know, when you bring the title home to Washington, how would you like your dollar paid out?" He said, "Hey, let's keep it freaky. Give me a hundred pennies." <laughs> I don't understand the purpose of that. I guess you got a bonus for everything else. You just had to write something in for the NBA title. Uh, it doesn't matter because it's never going to come close to happening. So. No. I'm sure they went, just put in a dollar. It'll be funny. <laughs> right. At least it'll get people talking. Yeah, at least somebody will mention the Washington Wizards because that's about the only way that's going to happen. Aw. Until they trade Bradley Beal. Oh, uh, yeah. Then they'll talk about them and go, man, you traded one of the 10 best players in the league for that. That's unfortunate. <laughs> Speaking of unfortunate, Indianapolis Colts rookie Sam Ellinger has closed the gap against Jacob Eason to be the team's starting quarterback if Carson Wentz is not ready for the start of the regular season. This came out today. Basically, Ellinger was running with the ones, and that tells me everything I need to know. Sam Ellinger was a guy coming out of college that I went, you're a fun story, and you'll stick on a roster for five or six years. Mm-hmm. You're not somebody that should ever play in the NFL. No. And it tells me everything I need to know. He's Jake Fromm. Jacob Eason has unbelievable skills. You watch him throw a football and you go, that kid right there is an NFL quarterback. Unfortunately, he doesn't always make the most judicious decisions with the ball. And what I'm looking at is Sam Ellinger is at least reasonably athletic. Jacob Eason in a foot race would lose to the chair I'm sitting in. And that tells me that Frank Wright is planning on playing really good defense, Mm -hmm. running the ball with Jonathan Taylor, and trying to be slightly multiple. He's looking at that as an option. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not telling you that's how it's going to go. I'm also not going to tell you it's it's not how it's. uh, It it won't go that way either. I could see a path where Sam Ellinger starts Week One, unless Carson Wentz comes back. He's not going to. You can say that if. Have you you heard an update on that? No. I did hear a doctor say that the chances of him coming back in five weeks would be borderline miraculous. Right. And I don't know if you know this about Carson Wentz. 
hell, just medical Marvel things are not things he tends to do. No. Unless it's going to be setting some kind of record for getting the, the, the most different injuries possible in an NFL career. It's a really bad sign for the Colts. When you start throwing a sixth-round rookie out there, because the guy that you said is the starter for right now, by the way, Frank Reich said that three times today. Mm-hmm. He's the starter for right now. Mm-hmm. You're in trouble. Indianapolis, they, they put it, they put all the chips in the middle. They went all in on Carson Wentz, and I'm afraid that they're going to go bankrupt. This is going to be one of those things that you, you hit on 15 and a 10 comes out. Yeah. Well, we didn't have any other choice, but uh, here we are. <laughs> Uh, major contract signing in the NBA today. Uh, the entire Dallas Mavericks front office, their whole contingency, took a plane over to Slovenia today where they signed the contract with Luka Doncic. It is the first Supermax rookie extension in NBA history. Five years, $207 million. Worth it? You could have told me it was $907 million, and yes, it's worth it. Oh, my goodness. Luka Doncic is a top three player in the NBA. I agree with you. How does this, does this hamper Dallas going forward trying to get players to put No more than him? they already were. Well, They've had cap space a hundred times. The closest they ever came to somebody using it was DeAndre Jordan. Mm-hmm. And Doc Rivers and Blake Griffin showed up and basically locked him in a house until he agreed to come back to L.A. Right. It, one of the greatest mysteries to me in the history of sports, why can Mark Cuban not find somebody to take his money? I don't know. I, for the life of me, don't understand that. Every person I've ever talked to in the NBA said the Dallas Mavericks are probably the best-run organization in the NBA. Mark Cuban's the best owner in the NBA. Players are given are just tr- treated like kings in that building. the 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 facilities are great; everything's great. And I'm looking at the I'm looking at the roster of the Dallas Mavericks right now, and this is a team that was supposed to be a player in free agency. Mm-hmm. Do you realize that the four starters around Luca are Tim Hardaway Jr., Chris Dapps Porzingis, Dwight Powell, and Dorian Finney Smith? Jeepers! That is brutal. Right. I mean, I think this is going to be known as, well, I was going to say a landmark year for the Dallas Mavericks, knowing that they have one of the best players in the NBA, and they can't put anything around him. But that's actually kind of par for the course. Well, they went all in on Chris Tapsperzingas, and that's blown up in their face. Mm-hmm. He mean, doesn't work well with Luka. They don't get along. It's just all bad. And I will never understand why why players don't want to go there. Mm-hmm. Have, have you ever been to Dallas? No, I like Dallas. I mean, I, a lot. I've driven through it. And I was a child, so I have. I've it's not the city. It. There's no state tax, so it's not that. I, I I don't know what the problem is in Dallas. Why can they never get players to come there? Now you've got one of the best. You've got the best young player in the NBA. If you did a poll right now of the best player in the NBA that was under. I don't know, 25 years old? It's Luka Doncic by 10 miles. And he's 22. Won't be 23 until after the All-Star break this year. Right. And he cannot get 
anybody to play with him. Mm-mm. Rookie of the year, year one. The last two years, he has been all NBA mm-hmm. first team. That's what made him eligible for this historic contract. I was about to say he's one of the only guys that's been eligible for it. Right. I think he's the only guy. That's I think been he is the only guy. Because you got to be all NBA first team in your first four years in the league to be eligible for the super max extension. I don't think it's going to hamper Dallas any more than it has been. But I mean, you you knew from Jump Street, no matter whatever whatever the highest number he can sign for is, that's what he's going to get, and it's what he should get. Right. I mean, do you realize that he took Slovenia to fourth in the Olympics? Yes. Name any other player on the team. I'll wait. Can't. Yep. Don't know any other players from Slovenia. He literally almost won a bronze medal by himself. Had a triple-double in the Olympics. That's happened mm-hmm. like three times in the last four Summer Olympic games. Yeah. And and think about his performances in the playoffs. In the one time that you want your star player to be the star player, he's killed it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's averaging like 38 points a game in the playoffs. That's unheard of. He's otherworldly. He's had five 40-point performances in playoff basketball. Can I tell you another fun little stat about him? He was sixth in the NBA in scoring, fifth in assists, and he's top 20 in rebounding. As a point guard, He's point guard Nikola Jokic. That's exactly what that's, I look at them the exact same. You are you are both just phenomenal, unbelievable, otherworldly athletes, and I don't know that you're ever going to win a title. And that's unfortunate. I, I would have to say no. If you're making Dallas Mavericks futures bets, you might have a problem. <laughs> he keeps them relevant, mm-hmm. and they and and that's fine to a point. At some point, though, do you look back and go, you had Luka Doncic 10 years from now. We're looking at it going, you had Luka Doncic. And the best you ever were was fifth in the West. Exactly. I was going to say sixth in the West. But well, they were fifth this year. So, <laughs> I mean, but you look at teams in the West. Are they better than Denver right now? No. No. Are they better than the Clippers right now? No. Are they better than the Suns right now? No. The Jazz? No. The Lakers? No. I put you at six because uh-huh. they were in front of the Lakers this year. And here's the thing: well, they are they better again. than the Warriors? No, With Steph Clay, and absolutely Ted. not. I put you at seven. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's keep playing this game. That, that's Is the there only anybody ones, else? That's the only ones in the West. New Orleans, no. The West no. falls off the world in a hurry. <laughs> They're right. That you know, it reminds Don't me play of that game with the Eastern Conference. No, because there wouldn't be a lot of yeses. No, it, it would get to well very quickly. He reminds me of Damian Lillard. Okay. Of your, you're just this otherworldly player. I mean, you're a first ballot Hall of Famer, all those things. And I don't know that you're ever going to be able to win. Not because of you, but because you can't get anybody around you. The best player he's ever played with is Tim Hardaway Jr. And that felt gross for me to say out loud. It should have. And I like Tim Hardaway Jr. Right. But that's the best player you've ever had. Mm hmm. And I'll be honest with you, I think if you put him in Portland with C.J. McCollum and they had Cantor and Nurkic and all these different players, I'm not saying he would have been, that would have been a title team. I think it would have been better. They right def- now you tell me that Lillard and, and uh, Doncic find a way to trade places. I would say it's probably the third best team in the West. Yeah, I still don't think they can win it, 
But it's just unfortunate how bad the surrounding cast has been. Mm-hmm. And it just tells you how great he is that he finds a way to to keep them 12 games over 500. Right. Man, he's good. He's my favorite <laughs> player to watch in the NBA. I just love watching him play. Yeah, because he does it all. He's like he's he's almost as good as Russell Westbrook. I'm gonna act like you didn't just say that. <laughs> I said that just because I wanted to see Jeremy's head explode. Uh, I felt a, there's a vein in my forehead that <laughs> protruded when you said that. Now I have a headache. Oh come on, Russell Westbrook teaming up with LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Carmelo Anthony. Man, that is that is gonna be don't just care gangbusters. Don't this care. Year. Don't care. Why? Because they're not, I mean, what are they, the fourth best team in the West? Russell Westbrook yeah, and LeBron together does not work. They'll be in that discussion. However, I will say there's a there's a member of the Lakers that I want to talk about. But do you not like everything else they put around No. Them? Why not? Because they're a thousand. It's the oldest team in the NBA by like five years. Yeah, but with Kendrick Nunn and the, and, and the other shooters that they put around them, I think that worked. There are two players on this team that are old enough to be Kendrick Nunn's dad. <laughs> and I like Kendrick Nunn a lot. Uh-huh. No, I don't like this. I, no, I don't like this team. You have two ball-dominant players in LeBron James and Russell Westbrook that you're going to try to coalesce at the same time? Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? And you know Russell Westbrook's not going to... He's not going to become 12-shot-a-game guy. That's not happening. So the, the fights are coming. When Russell Westbrook decides to go full-on hashtag team gets mine and jacks up... 30 shots in a night, and they get beat by 30. Just imagine the look on LeBron's face. Yeah. He'll be almost as mad as when he looks at the box office numbers of Space Jam 2. Oh. Woo! I no. felt good. That was a low blow, That felt man. good. That movie's awful. I didn't even watch it, and I can still tell you it's awful. <laughs> it is awful. It is absolutely awful. No, I, I, I think they're going to figure out a way to make it work. I don't. I'll take the under on L.A. Lakers futures all day. They're literally the favorite to win the NBA title right now, and that is comical to me. Yeah. I mean, how could it not work? you got three of the top ten players in the NBA. There is a player on the Lakers that I want to talk about, though. Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, he should. After the break, we'll talk about Dennis Schroeder. He he and his agent are going to have a really (laughs) uncomfortable conversation (laughs) really soon. It's a whole lot of money that Dennis Schroeder just lost out on. Set it on fire. Thanks, Spencer. Jeremy Green. It's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, 1400. Pernicious. Adjective. Having a harmful effect, especially in a gradual or subtle way. Now, Wicked Weed's flagship IPA, winner of a silver medal at the U.S. Open Beer Championships, isn't harmful unless you're a competing IPA. Brewed in the mountains of western North Carolina, Pernicious IPA will destroy your expectations for all others in its class. Pernicious IPA inspires you to enjoy fresh and often. Order up at WickedWeedBrewing.com. Wicked Weed, the official craft beer of East Tennessee State University Athletics. Drink different, drink responsibly. All right, thanks, Spencer and Jeremy Green. Yeah, there's some mistakes been made. Mistakes have been made, and the reports coming out of uh, out of the Boston Herald. Mark Murphy writing a story that Dennis Schroeder, a source told him, appears to be in a state of shock right now about the deal that he could possibly be getting. Coming up from the Boston Celtics. Uh, according to Jordan Schultz, you can find him on Twitter, at Schultz Report. The Celtics have offered Dennis Schroeder a one-year deal at the tax payer 
5.9 mid-level exception. <laughs> this comes on the heels of him turning down a four-year, $84 million extension from the Lakers. Right. Now, let me, let me, let me give you a visual of exactly what that is. Say you went to your employer and you made $80,000 a year. And you said, I want $100,000. And they said, Mm-mm. You said, fine, I'll go to the people across the street. And you quit your job and you went Jerry Maguire and you threw something and you stole a goldfish and broke a clock. And then you went across the street and they went, we'll give you 20. How's 20 sound? <laughs> Does that sound good to you? That's what Dennis Schroeder just did. Like 20. I was making that out of college. I was making 20 in high school. But, but they offered me 80. You should give me a hundred. <laughs> No, but when free agency opened up, nobody went after Dennis Schroeder because who would? When this story came out that he had turned down the four-year, $84 million deal, you and I, Jeremy, were talking about it on this here program. Do you remember what I said? Talking about what a huge mistake that was. Do you you remember my exact phrase? That stance is going to age like cheese that was left outside. Because he is not that. I couldn't believe they offered it to him in the first place. Mm-hmm. Because he is in no way that good of a player. One year deal at $5.9 million. And now, yay, you get to be Marcus Smart's backup. Hot. Huzzah. Good Lord. I just would love to know. I would love to have heard the interaction between the agent and Dennis Schroeder. When the Lakers offer four years, $84 million, and the agent says, I think we can hold out for more. Yeah, you can get 100 on the open market. I, I feel like this is where there should be a second agent going, Mm-mm. he's lying to you. He's out of his mind. That person needs help because they are crazy. It's exactly what I thought was who is going to offer you more money than that? And then we saw down the stretch of the season, Dennis Schroeder was bad. Not, well, bad. Yeah. We'll call it bad. It's what it was. Okay. It was bad. And let's be really honest. I understand Kimball Walker has a lot of injury issues, can't really play back-to-backs, got the bulky knee, all the things. Mm-hmm. Healthy Kimball Walker is three times the player of Dennis Schroeder. No doubt. Now, granted, neither one of them could defend the chair I'm sitting in, but, you know, that's that's a thing. Right. I just can't. Uh, he's now looking at uh, a seventy-five million dollar loss because he didn't want to take the money from the Lakers. And now, if you want a visual of that, remember in Batman when Heath Ledger was playing the Joker and they stole all the money and they stacked it up and he doused it in kerosene <laughs> and put it out with a cigar yep. and just set it on fire yep. and said, "All the things I like are cheap." Mm-hmm. Well. That's kind of what I'm seeing right now. It's just a mountain of money behind Dennis Schroeder just burning. Right. Anything happening with the, with Ben Simmons? He's not going to get traded. I've told you that all offseason. Who, Come on. Who would sell it? The Sacramento Kings. Sacramento Stop. Kings have been the one team that They're keeps, all in they on Pascal Siakam. Because that's exactly what they need. Another limited big guy. <laughs> That's the one team that keeps getting recycled in all of this is that the Sacramento Kings would like to have Ben Simmons and they'd be willing to send uh what who is it, Buddy Heald and 
Marvin Bagley. Yeah, and you know what? They got dialed home. They said that out loud, and Phoenix just or Philadelphia just hung up on them. No, no interest from the Philadelphia Seventy no. Sixers on Why that deal. Why would you want that? If we get Marvin Bagley, it, out of the who deal? cares? You get a couple ones for a guy you took at one. Uh huh. They told Portland to go fly a kite on C.J. McCollum three pick swaps and four ones. And C.J. McCollum is twice the player of anybody you just said. No, it's a stalemate. You're Mm -hmm. stuck. Unfortunately for Philadelphia, you have this asset that is worth way more than what the market value is right now. So you're going to have to just, you know, buck up and deal with it. Sports Center is coming up next. After that, we will talk about college football, the teams that are more than likely going to disappoint you this year. This is the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. It's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green is on the air. Second hour of the program, as always, brought to you by Wicked Weed Brewing. Check out our friends at wickedweedbrewing.com. Wicked Weed Brewing, drink different. Yesterday, we talked about the college football teams that will be the biggest risers from how they finished the 2020 season to how this season is going to go. Now let's talk about the teams that finished higher last year than they're going to this year. Well, mine's not necessary. The poll came out today. Yes. So we have the coaches poll. We now know where every team is. There are a few that I'm looking at where they're ranked in the preseason poll going, you're not going to be there when this is all said and done. <laughs> uh, the top 25 coaches poll came out today. Alabama sitting at the top. Uh, they got all but two of the number one votes, which I feel like those two people are doing it wrong. Who did they vote for? I didn't even notice. Oklahoma. Both <laughs> of them. Stop. Both of them. Uh, 63 votes went to Alabama at number one. Oklahoma got two number one votes. However, they are third in the poll behind the Clemson Tigers. Ohio State's four. Georgia's five. You got Texas A&M, Notre Dame, Iowa State, the North Carolina Tar Heels, and Cincinnati are the top ten. You want me to run through the rest of the list? Or no. Do okay, all right. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't. Are any of those teams that I just mentioned in your disappointment list for 2021? Yeah. Please tell me it's not the Georgia Bulldogs. No. Okay. It's not Georgia. Thank you. It's Texas Thank you. A&M. Texas A&M. You lost four starters, three of whom were drafted, and a quarterback that had a ton of starts. Mm-hmm. And you're telling me in the SEC, you're just going to lather up and it's going to be business as usual? Okay, then. <laughs> but they've got the revolving door. They've got the, you know, they can... Pull in big recruits. They've got all the money in the world. They've got Jimbo Fisher, a national championship head coach. How could it possibly go wrong? Exactly what I just said. You lost a ton off that team last year. And you're playing in the SEC. At the end of the day, the nicest schedule that you ever see in the SEC is going to be worse than it could possibly be in any other conference. 
And I told you yesterday when we were going through this with A&M, I'm looking at their schedule going, you have Colorado in the beginning, and then there's this stretch. And don't ask me why I feel this way, but I do. Okay. Starts with Alabama, which to me is a loss. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I don't care if you play that game on the moon. You're losing to Alabama. Where is it? Though? Just out it's, of it's in College Station. Oh, okay. Then you go at Missouri, South Carolina, Auburn, at Mississippi, at Ole Miss. That is an ugly, daunting part, and and that's what people are seeing with Texas A and M is that the schedule is really nice, and this is this is about as good as an SEC schedule could ever be. Mm-hmm. Still an SEC schedule. It's still an SEC schedule. And you're trying to break in a new starter, and I just don't buy it. And I feel like everybody's putting too much stock into Jimbo Fisher and too much stock into the system and too much stock into how they recruit and how the schedule lays out. I look at Texas A&M and go, you probably finished 8-4, and 9-3. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's fine. It's not number six in the country. I think North Carolina is better than them, and I don't even think it's close. Mm-hmm. I think Notre Dame is better than them. I think Iowa State's better than them. I've been doing the you know the background for this today. It blows my mind how many people think Notre Dame is overrated at seven. I because to that. me, that's dumb. That is a dumb thing to say out loud. Well, I mean, I think the same things the same things that you just said about Texas A and M, other than obviously the SEC schedule. Oh, you mean they have a guy that Notre started Dame. at Wisconsin for multiple years that's coming in to start for them? <laughs> yeah, but they lost. I mean, they lost what four starters off their offensive line, and how many starters sure. does Notre Dame have had drafted off their line in the last ten years? Because mm-hmm. it's a lot. Yeah. They They're, also have probably the second best defensive player in the country in Kyle Hamilton. This is a team that here's what I don't understand. I look at Texas A and M and and Notre Dame very similarly. You lost a lot. I believe in your coach. The schedule does you some favors. Why is it that Texas A and M is fine at six, and so many of the people that do what we do think Notre Dame's so overrated at seven? I don't get it. Because it's Notre Dame, and and to me that's an error in judgment. I mean, I, but they're the one team every year that you you could tell me that they're going to go, you know, they're going to go eleven and zero, and they're going to be in a college football playoff. And then what's going to happen? Do you know who their four road games are? Notre Dame, no, Florida State, Virginia Tech, Virginia, and Stanford. Okay. Florida State's the best of those four, and I don't think it's all that's that close. it. They only got four road games. Mm-hmm. Jeez, a lot. A lot of schools only have four road games. High end schools don't play non conference games on the road usually. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame doesn't have a conference, so they do home and homes. They played Florida State last year in South Bend, so they go to Tallahassee this year. Right. And other than that, it's a lot of Toledo and Purdue. Cincinnati will be fun. Because it's a defense, I think that's going to be more of a defensive struggle than you think. Mm-hmm. But I mean, at the end of the day, they play USC. Carolina has to go to South Bend. I do think they lose that game. But I'll be honest with you, I'm looking at the schedule, going, I think they're going to be eleven and one with that one loss to Carolina. Mm-hmm. I just don't know that they can keep up with what Sam Howell can do. Right, and I know he's breaking in new weapons. And Carolina's another team that I've seen on the overrated list a lot of times today. They're not yeah. on mine. No. Uh, Texas, and I'll be honest with you, Texas A&M was not number one on my list. They were just the only one in the top ten. Okay. Who's the next team that's going to disappoint in 2021? I I wasn't going to say this team first Okay. until I saw the poll come out today. 
and Ole Miss is in it. And that is stupid. <laughs> oh, come on. Lane Kiffin, he's trimmed down for the season. He's ready to go, man. Oh, yeah. Lane Kiffin's in great shape. Unfortunately for them, he's not going to be playing a down. And neither is Elijah Moore, who was your one real playmaker. Uh-huh. And now he's in the NFL. Oh, I see what this is all about. No, it's, is, it's not even that. <laughs> this is have you Elijah looked, Moore lifted all the, all the tides. Have you looked at their schedule? No. They open with Louisville. Then they go a couple non-conference games, all that whatever. At Alabama, Arkansas, at Tennessee, LSU, at Auburn. Against Liberty in... Uh, uh, the city just went right out of my head. Liberty? No. Where's Ole Miss? The city just went. I keep Oxford. hearing Oxford. Thank, I kept going Starkville, and that's Mississippi yeah. State. No, Oxford, Mississippi. Yeah, then you play Liberty and Texas A&M. Do you realize how many losses there are in that? First of all, secret time, Liberty's going to beat you senseless. You think so? 100%. They have a better quarterback than you. And who's their coach? Hugh Freeze. A guy who has a little bit of a problem with Ole Miss. Yeah. Hundred percent. That will be my favorite bet of the year. I haven't seen the number. I don't care what the number is because it's going to be Liberty plus a number in the double digits, and I'm going to go mine. I will have the. I will have that for all the things. You think it's going to be a double digit? No, Liberty will be a double digit dog. That's what I'm and saying. They're going to win. Okay. I don't know about. I all think that. pillar to post. They're better than Ole Miss. Okay. Matt Coral, great quarterback. Mm-hmm. I don't dispute that. Mm-hmm. They don't play defense. This team defensively is terrible. I look at the game with Louisville. They could be 0-1. Because you got Malik Cunningham, and I understand it's in Oxford. Malik Cunningham's a good quarterback. Mm -hmm. And you are not going to put up a whole lot of opposition against him. I just feel like this is revisionist history that people forget. They couldn't stop a nosebleed. You score a lot of points, though, in that that. Lane Kiffin offense. And that's fine. We've done that a thousand times in college mm-hmm. football, mm-hmm. and it doesn't seem to work because when you play a high-end school that can stop you, you can't score with them. But not good enough for you to be ranked in the top 25. I don't think they should be in the top 45, personally, Ooh. but that's just me. Wow, That was the team that jumped off the page when you showed me the rankings today, yeah. and I went, what in the world are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, Ole Miss came in at 25 on the uh, coaches' poll today. Looking at their schedule, I have them going like 5-7. and seven. I don't even have them as bowl eligible. Wow. You can't stop anybody. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the schools that seem to be on this list every year. Okay. USC is just leaping off the page at me. You cannot lose this much talent every year. It's the old Steve Jobs theory. This is an old con cowherdism. Okay. Of anybody, any idiot could take over Apple, and for 18 months, you wouldn't even know anything was different because you're going to keep doing what Steve Jobs did. The sales are going to be fine. And then about 18 to 24 months later, the decisions you've made are going to start coming home to roost. And that's how I feel about USC. You have left, you should never have hired Clay Helton in the first place. Now you've left him in his job for three years. Now this is predominantly his players. And I'm gonna be, and I'm gonna level with you. You have not recruited at a USC level, pretty much in the whole Clay Hilton era. Okay. So you're, yes, you have a Brew McCoy. You've got a few, a few other players that I like. You don't have the depth. Mm-hmm. One rash of injuries, and USC is a bottom half of the Pac-12 team. And everybody thinks because Keaton Slovis is such a good quarterback, I have reservations about that. But we'll talk about that later in the year. <laughs> that you just think they're gonna, they're just gonna trot out there and. I think it's partially that people are so down on the big or on the Pac-12. 
That might be it. But if you're trying to take, and I'm just looking at the rankings right now, they have LSU and USC back to back. Yes. USC is between LSU and Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin would beat them into the ground. And I feel the same way about Miami, Penn State, several other teams in the top 25. I'm not saying they're a terrible team. I'm not telling you they're going to go five and seven or four and eight or anything like that. Right. I don't think they're even vaguely competitive. But they're going to get, like you said, being in the Pac-12, they're not, there's not a lot of teams in the Pac-12. And when you're USC, I mean, no, but really, you got you to look at the schedule. For me, a lot of what goes into this is the schedule. Okay. You start with San Jose State, who's one of the best Power 5 schools out there. Not saying you're going to lose it, just saying that's not a fun game to Group start with. Five. What'd I say? You said Power 5. That's what I meant. Yeah. Been a long day. I, I, my brain started going. When did they win a Power Five? Conference? No, they, no, that didn't no, happen. Group of five. But then you play Stanford, who I I think is criminally underrated this year. Okay, you can get a couple softies in the in the Pac twelve. But then you go Colorado, Utah, Notre Dame, get a sweet little you know Arizona. Then you, at Arizona State, at Cal, UCLA, BYU, at Arizona State, it's going to be a tough game. Yeah, there's a lot of those games that are tough. Mm-hmm. I just don't see a path that they finish in the top fifteen. I think this is enough. This is kind of like Texas A and M. They end up what like eight and four. You'll okay. be somewhere in that eight and four if you're if things just break absolutely. First of all, you're not going to South Bend and beating Notre Dame. Not happening. And I don't think it'll be all that close. No. I think you're going to slip up in one of these games, whether it's San Jose State or Stanford or Colorado. You'll slip up in one of those, and I think you lose at Arizona State and Oregon. They don't play Oregon. In the championship. Yeah, well, I don't think they're going to the championship. So. <laughs> I don't think they're the best team in their own division. Is that Utah? Arizona State. Arizona State. And I could argue that Utah's better. Okay. I don't think they are, but I could argue it. Right. And then you get the other one that every year we do this. It's Texas. Yeah. What does Texas have that makes you think? Because they've got uh, uh, Robinson, the, the running back? No. They have one of the best returning running backs in the country. And then, your best pass rusher, yeah, he plays for the Bengals now. Mm-hmm. Slew of talent goes to the NFL. Sam Ellinger, who you took for granted because he had been a starter forever. And now you're going to break in a new starter against this schedule? Okay, then. Good luck with that. What's their schedule look like? I mean, it's not it's not overly daunting. Okay, It's just an accumulation of things. Like, you start with Louisiana. That's your first non-conference That's game. That's a tough game. I'm going to be honest. They're better than you are. They are better than you are. You're not good defensively. What do they do? They've done it since the minute Billy Napier got there. Run. They have five running backs in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, none of them are superstars. A lot of them are going to be on a practice squad. But still, you got five NFL-level guys that are playing running back in the NFL. Yeah, like Raymond Calais and who was the one that Elijah just came Mitchell. out this year? Elijah Mitchell came out this year. I mean, they got since Billy Napier mm-hmm. has been there, they've had five running backs that have been at least on a practice squad in the NFL. This team runs well. They bleed clock. Then you have to go to Arkansas the next week. And that's a team that I got news for you. People are not going to talk about Arkansas. Oh, it's Arkansas. I love Sam Pittman. Okay. And I love the way he recruits and the way he's... But their it, schedule sucks. Oh, it, oh, I'm not saying they're going to be good. Okay, I'm saying they're going right. to be tough. <laughs> I'm say. saying this is going to be a team that's going to pop you in the mouth, yeah. and they're not going to be fun to play against. Right. That's the first two games of their schedule. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you go Rice, T- uh, Texas Tech, TCU. <laughs> then, in order, 
you go Oklahoma, Oklahoma State at Baylor at Iowa State. Yikes. Uh, <laughs> that has four losses written all over it. Right. Probably I did, three. You probably beat Baylor. But. I, did, I did love Steve Spurrier's comments the other day about, uh, about Texas, Texas going to the SEC. They can't win like, the Big 12. Right. What do we care? Right. Yeah. What, is, what does it really matter? I mean, you can't even compete in the Big 12. Sure, go to the SEC, collect a paycheck. You can be the same thing there that you are in the Big 12. And then they end the, their, the end of their schedule, six days in between these two games. So it's a short week. Yeah. At West Virginia, Kansas State, who I think is the most underrated team in the Big 12. Okay. It's another team I have thoroughly enjoyed betting for the last few years. You have. Chris Kleinman, I owe you. Uh, if you ever come to Asheville, North Carolina, I owe, I owe you a cold beer on me. That was the Oklahoma game was the one that you got so yeah. crazy about this. Yeah, I had them in the money line, and they sure. covered plus 28. That's crazy. Oh, that was a good day. That was a great day. <laughs> oh, that day took about three weeks off of my life, I feel uh-huh. pretty sure, because they tried to let Oklahoma come back. I just remember getting the text messages of "Did you just see what happened?" Well, we were on air. That game was happening. That was that was when yeah, we were on Saturday. Saturday. It wasn't over by the time we were done. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah we knew was... it was close when we left because I think it was like thirteen to ten or something like that. It was a real close game. Yeah. Anytime Jeremy has a money line dog that's a twenty eight point dog <laughs> on the road, if it's close, you just rest assured. I'm going to be wired for sound through that. All right. All right. So we've had USC. We've had Texas. We've had Texas A&M. Who am I forgetting? You, Texas A&M, USC, Texas, uh, Ole Miss. Ole Miss. All right. Next. This one got hard. I was going to say Miami because I thought they were going to be markedly higher. Mm-hmm. I thought there was going to be just a, a an over-exaggeration of how good they were going to be. This is one that's not going to be real popular. Cincinnati. I don't think anybody's going to. Cincinnati's not the 10th. They're not the 10th best team in the country. You thought they were last year. Yeah, because the defense defense was real good, and the defense is going to continue to be good. Mm -hmm. The problem is that, okay, let's say you get into a, you know, one of the New Year's Day Bowls. Who are you going to contend with? And I'll be honest with you, looking at the schedule, they have to go to Indiana and to Notre Dame in back to back weeks. Mm -hmm. That's two losses. You're going to hang two L's on that. Then you go to in, into AAC play, and I see a slew of teams that are better. East Carolina's better. Tulsa is still, I'm not saying they're good, but they're a pain. Mm-hmm. Tulane plays a funky little offense that's, you know, they score points. They're going to go up and down the field on you. You got Navy that's it's a different stylistic kind of I'm not saying they're going to be bad. Yeah, I just think you're going to take two non-conference losses, and the Notre Dame one's probably going to be ugly. The Notre Dame game is probably where everybody realizes I'm right about Desmond Ritter. Right, love him as a college quarterback. You're not an NFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. You're not. I've watched the tape. I've tried to figure it out. You're not. Can we stop? Then there's a slew of those guys in this class. It's so funny for me when I start doing quarterback things for the next year's draft. When you when you total up all of the mock drafts and all the guys that people are talking about and, and see who you really need to be digesting tape on, there's like 17 quarterbacks. Like, are you crazy? There's two. There's a whole two quarterbacks in this class. It's Sam Howell, and then you could convince me on one other. Caden Slovis. Not for me. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm not ready to tell you who that is yet. Ah. That'll come closer to, to the start of football season. Malik Willis. Nope. <laughs> I like him as a college quarterback, not as right. an NFL quarterback. Right. 
Okay. So Cincinnati is uh, is, is the last one on the list of teams that will disappoint this year. I don't think you're going to get too much pushback on the, on the whole thing. Oh, you'd be Cincinnati shocked. There are a lot of people that are like, Cincinnati's going to be the first group of five to... Because they've got two non-conference games against preseason top 17 teams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If they win them, that's all well and good. Finish that sentence. The first group of five team to crash the playoff. Oh gosh. Oh, that's been that's been a very common thing today. No. That that defense is so good, defense travels, blah, 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 blah. Desmond Ritter's a Heisman candidate. Not gonna happen. No. They couldn't even beat a Georgia team that didn't have their star players. No, last and year unfortunately the for game. them, they have to play Notre Dame very early. Mm-hmm. It's in South Bend, and they're gonna get smoked like a honey ham. Right. I'm just saying it, it it proves itself every year. Pretty much. I mean, aside from that one Boise State Oklahoma game. <laughs> That's it's the, the one only that time everybody uses Cuz it's example. the only one you have. Mm-hmm. It's the only example you have of a group of 5 team going up against a Power 5 team and they were able to pull oh, Boise State was able to pull it off. Yeah, with a trick play at the end of the game. They didn't mean to. They actually won by accident. Right. Every other case you have you are getting dusted. Central Florida, uh, who was it they play? Auburn? Was that the was that the other one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Central Florida beating Auburn in the bowl game. Stop that. I can't wait for college football season, and we are oh, just a couple of weeks away. TSPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. Tank Spencer, Jeremy Green. We'll be right back. I believe real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I am Clarissa Marshall with eXp Realty, serving all of Western North Carolina. Navigating the home buying and selling journey can feel overwhelming at times. And that's why having an agent who cares about you and your needs is key. I'm a native of Western North Carolina, and I close over a home a week. I'm an expert in the market, pricing my sellers correctly to net you the most money, and working as a skilled negotiator for my buyers. Please give me a call today at 828-774-6343 to set up a complimentary market analysis. You're in the sports tank. Why are you smiling? Because I love football. I do love football. And I'm ready and raring for the football season to get underway. Today, the NFL talking about penalties. Did you see this? No. There's going to be a new crackdown this year. This is going to be the thing that I swear at a lot on Sundays. (laughs) Lay it on me. What is the crackdown this year? Uh, We went from... We went from the uh, pass interference and the review thing two years ago, and what was it they were cracking down on last year? I don't remember what the emphasis was, but this year at the uh, referee symposium, I guess it is, they're now going to be cracking down on taunting. Oh no, no taunting anymore in the NFL. In fact, if you get taunting in a get caught taunting in a game, it's no longer going to be a 15-yard penalty. It is going to be an immediate ejection oh, from stop. the from the game. Stop. The That's t- why no fun league was trending yep. on Twitter. Yep. I every time I see that, I just go I'm not, I don't want to know cuz I'm having a good day and it's just <laughs> going to make me mad. <laughs> The no fun league cracking down on taunting. If you are the two vi- the video that they showed at the referee meeting, uh, one was uh, I don't even know who that. I think it might have been Michael Pittman from the Indianapolis Colts against the Baltimore Ravens last year. He caught a pass. He got hit pretty good, and then 
he got up and flexed in front of the guy in front of him. Immediate ejection. I cannot stand that rule. Who cares? The next one that they showed was Jarvis Landry catching a pass against the the Houston Texans, and as he got up, he slammed the ball down and then said some words that we can't hear. But he got flagged, taunting. That's going to be immediate ejection. Are they going to do that when Tyreek Hill backflips into the end zone? Or when uh, uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. flashes the the, the deuces at Tyreek Hill to get back at him? They could kick him out of the Super Bowl for that? The first time I have a player in a fantasy league ejected for this, Uh I am going to absolutely (laughs) go catatonic. Look, I... And people want to say, oh, it sets a bad example for today's youth, and they think it's okay to taunt people. Um, I mean, Stop me! I guess. If you don't want me to taunt you, Thank stop you. me! Thank you! It's a competition! <laughs> it's the NFL! See, what they're worried about, or what they say they're worried about, is that the taunting in already a, a violent game where emotions are high, it escalates on the field uh, Confrontations. Oh, stop it. And so I'm about gotta... to go full Dan Hawkins. This ain't intramurals. It's the Big 12. Dan Hawkins. There's a name you hadn't heard in a minute. Hadn't heard that one. He's, in a while. He is managing a Costco now. <laughs> <laughs> he used to be the bad football coach of Colorado. Now he sells Toyotas. Now he's. That has a ring to it. Dan Hawkins Toyota. Yep. I would love, love for somebody to tell me that's what he's actually doing right now. <laughs> that commercial writes itself. Dan Hawkins Toyota. This ain't bicycles. It's a Toyota. <laughs> no, if more... that's not happening. I want to yeah. fund it. Somebody get in contact with Dan Hawkins. I want to buy him a Toyota dealership just to write his commercials. <laughs> no more taunting in the NFL. Immediate ejections if you are caught taunting this year. Ugh. Anything above and beyond and is aimed at another player, you'll be ejected from the game. You could also be fined, and you could also be suspended for future games if you get kicked out. I mean, this is like, this is like high school rules. Um, uh, we have to set the example it. for the children. Just stop it. If you don't want me to tell you that I'm better than you, prove that you are better than me. Yes. I'm all the way in on that. On the weird scale, there's Vegas, there's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. Look, I I am a Wicked Weed-specific beer drinker. Okay. That's the only beer you're going to catch me drinking. However, PepsiCo and Boston Beer are teaming up to create a hard Mountain Dew. Oh, no. The branding of this, I mean, I'm telling you, I am having flashbacks to Four Locos in the Woods. That is all I see when I see the branding of this. (laughs) Of course you are. PepsiCo and Sam Adams Brewer Boston Beer are teaming up to create an alcoholic version of Mountain Dew. They will develop and produce the drink called Hard Mountain Dew, while Pepsi has created a new entity to sell, deliver, and market the product. The beverage is expected to hit shelves in early 2022. It will contain 5% alcohol by volume, it's zero sugar, and in the branding, they have three flavors. There's regular Mountain Dew, there's black cherry, and there's watermelon. Because, you know, we were all asking, 
Mountain Dew is so healthy. Is there a way that we could make it a little more unhealthy? Yeah. Adding alcohol to it. Oh, I, I'm just telling you, I'm having flashbacks to Four Locos in the Woods. I, I mean, there have been... De- don't, do, don't ever do that. I'll be honest with you, I've never drank a Four Loco. In your life? No. Huh. Maybe that's why you're so happy. <laughs> I think it's why I'm so angry. Is because all the all of that still coursing through your veins? Is that? Oh, I mean, it was the wor- it, was, it was the worst idea ever. It was an energy beer. Uh huh. Like it was like drinking a Red Bull and and a and, and a beverage at the same time. And then you drink like five of them, and you, you know you're a little okay. You're just. <laughs> Okay. Now you can't. You're speak. a little loopy, and now you can't go to sleep. It's not. It's, no. No. It led to a lot of bad decisions. Is what no. you're saying. No. I do like the the watermelon the the watermelon Mountain Dew though. Yeah, I know you do. Which means that when this comes out, I'm gonna have to at least try it. Are they gonna start making flavor more flavors of it too, like their Baja Blast and oh. all of that? Oh, if they make a Baja Blast, I'm gonna have to move. Like I, I like that, but I only can get it one place. They sell it in cans now. Yeah, I don't care. It's not the same. It's not the same nope. as it comes from Taco Bell. Nope, Baja Blast from Taco Bell, Sprite from Mountain Dew, <laughs> only, or uh, Sprite from McDonald's. Only way I drink it. Really? You hand me a Sprite in a can, I will knock it out. Nope, McDonald's exclusively. Why? Because it has the bubblies, the extra fizzies. Yeah, yeah. And you drink it, and it hits your. I, I think it actually hits your soul. I can't. I, I can't trust it. I can't. And it, tr- makes, and it gives you goosebumps. And you just go. <laughs> I don't know what that was, but I liked it. I can't trust Sprite from any uh, any fast food place after getting a you know just just a giant cup full of just the carbonated water. I, I can't. Oh, do it I, anymore. that's the only place I can. I, I, I'm going to be honest. Never know. I don't drink a lot of uh, like cokes. Mm-hmm. This is. I, I don't. I mean, I would, but I, I, I get my calories in plenty of places. I will try to drink some water, Gatorade, all those things. Right. Coffee. And, and wicked weed. You beers. said coffee wrong. I do drink a lot of coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, that's, how you're, that's how you get your water intake every day. It's just, I'm drinking coffee. It's got water in it. Yeah. Usually when they check my blood pressure, they go, whoa. <laughs> that's, whoa. That number is way too high, and that number is either too high or too low at the same time. Right. I saw this. I literally, it was alcoholic trending on Twitter Mountain earlier. Dude, alcoholic Mountain Dew to me just sounds like a you know, it's it's a it's it's like a teenage dream. Yeah, and I don't like that. Don't do crimes. It's not made for you. Yeah, I know. Don't do crimes. You got to be twenty one to consume alcohol. Yes. Don't do crimes. You do. But it's not made for anybody over the age of 24. Although I will say, I saw this. It was trending on Twitter earlier, and it was tra- it, 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 it was nothing about hard Mountain Dew. Mm-hmm. The trend on Twitter was Four loco, and I did get to read some stories that made me go, "Okay, that's worse than what I had." So <laughs> that's okay. And maybe it didn't take full effect on me. You talk about it like it was just liquid meth. Uh, no, it was liquid bad. It was liquid bad. It was one of those that. All right, I'm going to level with you. It's kind of like when a fast food establishment comes out with their their new burger, and it's got 11 patties yeah. and 22 pieces of cheese and every condiment known to man. And you look at it and go, 
I should not consume that. That is not good for me. But I'm gonna. I'm not gonna feel good after I eat it. And then you go right to the drive-through. You order the Mick horrible, and you just and you cram it in your face hole as fast as you can. And then you feel like just god awful for like a, a month. Right. That's how I felt when I would be at a party and people would go, "Hey, I brought four logos." Oh. I have to go home. My my mom called. I, I have to go home now. Mm-hmm. I'm not allowed to hang out with you because you you have bad influence juice. Bad influence juice. That's what I used to call it. And you used to rat on people. What? I, no, what? no. It's, have you ever smelled a sound? Yeah. No. You ever smelled a sound? You ever no. tasted a color? That's how I know you never drank a four loco in your life. <laughs> Okay. And that's all I can see as I'm looking at this. Is that has that written all over it? Hmm. Bad report out of, out of camp today from the Carolina Panthers. Sam Darnold apparently not looking too good. Not a great day for starting quarterback Sam Darnold. It says who threw a pick to safety Jeremy Chen on a throw to a wide open Dan Arnold. I told you that was going to be a thing. What, what, the Arnold He's going to try to force it. He's going Darnold to Arnold. He's, it's already come out of his mouth. Darnold to Arnold. Get ready to see it a whole bunch this year. He also had several throws on situational type drills or bad, uh, several bad throws on situational type drills. His first big test, of course, comes on Thursday and Friday in joint practices against the Colts when he will have to react to new players and a different defense. Can, can, all right, I, I have to say something because I got to hear so much of this about Zach Wilson after the green and white game. Can, can I ex- like take three minutes here to explain something about these joint practices yeah. and competition numbers from practices? You understand that the point of practice is to get better, right? You're not trying to win. There is no scoreboard you're doing things in a practice to push yourself to be better in a game. Stop worrying about throwing a pick in practice. It does not matter. I've heard this about virtually every quarterback in the NFL. Yep. I do not care. How did he look? Mechanically, was he sound? Yes. Did he understand and grasp the offense? Yes. Then we're doing it correctly. Stop worrying about throwing interceptions in a meaningless practice. It just does not matter. But does it matter if your quarterback throws really well in these practices? You can take good away, but you can't take bad away? I'm not even going to say that. I want to see the connection. Mm-hmm. I want to see, how, you know, are these guys comfortable with each other? Do they seem to have a good grasp of the offense? It's, we're just, you worry about the wrong thing. And the thing that drives me the most bananas is when we see that, well, they were 11 of 25 in the practice with three interceptions. Okay. How many of those were dropped? Yes. Right. Nobody ever seems to want to tell you that. Corey Davis dropped three in the green and white scrimmage, but that's somehow Zach Wilson's fault. Right. That drives me bonkers. If you want to give that stat, that's fine. Just give a little context to mm-hmm. it. If he underthrew a ball, whoopee doo. Was Dan Arnold open? Okay, that because that's what I, the he whole was. statement he you was made. Wide open. That's the only thing I heard. Mm-hmm. Dan Arnold was wide open. Okay, he missed him. Why? 
What, what, was there a pass rusher? Was there? Did the ball get tipped? Right. That's another thing that never gets reported. Ball gets tipped at the line. Uh, okay, that's just an interception. Well, shocker of shockers, David Newton leaving out some key details. Well, he said that, not me. <laughs> Good reports coming out of camp today about Mac Jones as well. Apparently, he had some pretty incredible throws on the two-minute drill, over-the-shoulder touchdown passes, back-to-back. Apparently. And the Cam Newton hype train continues. There was a whole string of highlight plays that were released today of, look how good Cam Newton looks. This is going to be something that we fight about for a while, isn't it? What, through the next, Yeah, through the next three weeks, this is going to continue to be a fight over... Cam Newton still got it. Cam Newton doesn't have it. They're going with the they're going with the rookie. No, they're not. They're going to stay with the vet. It's gonna it's gonna continue to be one of the biggest storylines of the offseason. Is who's going to get that starting job with the New England Patriots? I don't think it's a story, but I, it might be. I didn't think Cam Newton was going to win that job last year. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest with you, with how bad he was, I probably shouldn't have. <laughs> well, I mean. Regardless, I think he was better than Jarrett Stidham. Ish. You think Jarrett Stidham would have done better than Cam Newton with those weapons? The weapons were bad, and you had Cam that at least could run the ball. Mm -hmm. I mean, hell, he was... So, I mean, I I guess I get that. He was a good, like, 50% in the offense last year. Yeah. It still wasn't good. I mean, what, who got better last year in New England? Who are you looking at going, yeah, last year was a real growth year for you? Oh, and by the way, Hunter Henry's hurt again. Yes. Who's surprised? Show of hands? Yeah. Anybody? Okay. Yeah. Fell awkwardly on his shoulder. They're saying he'll be out a couple of weeks. It's not bad. No, and, and I'm glad Could've it's not a lot bad. Worse. But he's, I tried to tell everybody this when they lost their minds about Hunter Henry. He is mm-hmm. incredibly injury prone. And it's for, better, for better or worse, Belichick runs a really intense camp. I don't know if you saw him the other day where it was just driving rain. And he had those guys out there. Yeah. He's probably one of two coaches in the NFL that would have practiced in that. Well, you're going to have to play in it. I understood his explanation when he gave it. Oh, I don't. And I'm not saying I didn't. Okay. I wouldn't have done it myself. Right. I mean, you do raise the risk of injury. Yeah, I, I understand that. But there's also something to be said for wanting to get your guys some reps in some adverse weather. Because you know you're going to have to play in it because you're in Foxborough. I rolled my eyes so far in back in the back of my head when you said that that I actually think they flipped all the way back around. It was like a casino roll. <laughs> <laughs> you put too much too much too much stock into prepping for weather. There is right. no prepping for weather like that. There is none. It, it's a it, if it's that bad, mm-hmm. it's just going to be a disaster. He's just old school. He's old school coach. He's got old school mindset. He does, and it's and, still and that's fine, and it's worked for him just fine. Mm-hmm. But that was one of the reasons that I said Hunter Henry was not really a fit for New England because right. the bill does not stop. It is go at all times. Uh, also, Rashad Bateman, apparently there is no structural damage, structural damage to his knee. He pulled up and was you know limping out of practice today. They went and went back and did the initial checkup on him. No structural damage. Soft tissue injury is what they're saying. And he could miss some time, but it's probably not going to be a lot. It was one of the things that 
pops off the page at me uh, or popped off the page at me earlier today in the training camp reports was because I I have high hopes for Rashad Bateman in Baltimore. And that's part of the reason that I think, I mean, Lamar Jackson, he's not a bad bet for MVP this year. No, but he's not the one. Kyler, if, if I'm taking a, a deeper shot at MVP, it's Kyler Murray. Yeah. I don't hate that either. What are what are his odds? Just curious. I, I don't know what they are live. I know what I got them at. Well, what did you get them at? A lot. A lot. A whole lot. Like a hundred? That's like a hundred to one? Oh, I was like, that's not even kind of how, no, I got it at twenty to one. He's sixteen to one now. Okay. Uh Lamar Jackson's also sixteen to one, as is Matthew Stafford. Yeah, I think out of those three, I would I would put it on Lamar Jackson, and I would take Kyler. Dak Prescott's the one I'm looking at, going Ooh, fourteen to one. Hmm. That's not because he's one. going to put up some. If he plays seventeen games, mm-hmm. his stat line is going to be dumb. I might <clears throat> I might need a minute. I, I might have to talk. <laughs> he to, was the he was the number one quarterback uh, in. In fantasy football, at least last year, through what was it, seven? The weeks? thing that would hold them eight back weeks? is if he, if Dallas were to be like nine and eight or ten and seven. Now, if you told me they went twelve and five, mm-hmm. oh, that becomes a much prettier bet than I thought. But the, I mean, they could still be somewhere in that ten and seven, nine and eight neighborhood, and still lose all these high scoring games because their defense is still not up to snuff. Something I need to say too, and I just got a message uh, from from one of our great listeners, Eric Miller, about this. I've been asked this question about Dak Prescott a hundred times. Okay, I genuinely don't think the injury with him is worse. I mean, he was out he was out throwing today. I yes. saw a video of it on Twitter. Yeah, I don't think the injury is worse. There's a great big difference this year from last year. They don't have Andy Dalton backing him up now. So now that this is Plan A, B, C, and D. It's a lot of Garrett Gilbert and Cooper Rush back behind him now. So now if if he has a hangnail, you're not going to see him. Right. I think you, I, I don't think you'll see him in the preseason at all. I think you'll see him week one of the regular season mm-hmm. when he comes in and beats your Tampa you, Bay Buccaneers. Stop that. You don't have to. You don't you don't have to get these get him preseason reps. I don't believe in that like some people do. Preseason oh, reps? They got to get up to speed. They got to. For some, I understand. Like rookies, I understand. You want them to try to get more acclimated to the speed of the NFL. But, like, some people are jumping off the bridge about Aaron Rodgers. Like, you really expected Aaron Rodgers was going to play at all in this preseason? I've got a theory about preseason reps. There are times that, they're, that they matter, and there's times that they're not, or at times that they don't. I'll tell you what that is after the break. This is G. Duggeron, voice of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the sports tank. Fire them cannons. By golly, put more powder in those things. Hey, we're talking preseason football. Might as well talk about the best team in the NFL. You I mean, keep enjoying that button while I'm you gonna, can there, buddy boy. I'm gonna. You got 30 days to 0-1. I heard Gene Deckerhoff yesterday on, the, uh, on uh, Packer and Durham. That directly follows us here on ESPN. Asheville talking about his, of course, relationship, his long-running relationship with Bobby Bowden, the head coach of the Florida State Seminoles, because in case you don't know, Gene Deckerhoff 
does the Florida State Seminoles broadcast as well as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers broadcast. That's the only reason I haven't deleted that button because I just so happen but, to love Gene Deckeroff. But he, he, he told the story of, of when he was approached by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. See, he was doing the Florida State broadcast for years. I don't know when he started doing Forever. Florida State. But, but literally longer than I've been a fan because yeah. he was entrenched in it in 1992 when I showed up. Mm-hmm. And so he had been doing the Florida State games for years, had a great relationship with the school and with the coach, Bobby Bowden, and he got approached by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to do their games on Sundays. And he, they told him, if you're going to do this deal, you got to clear it with everybody. Everybody from the president of the university on down to Bobby Bowden. And when he went to Bobby Bowden and said, hey, uh, I got this opportunity to do Sunday football games for the NFL for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Bobby said, why are you asking me? He said, well, you know, out of respect. And they told me I needed to clear it with you because it could affect you in some way. We keep, you know, you, we, I, I do your coaches show and everything. And it may come up that because of my travel schedule, we'll have to record this show at 2.30 in the morning at some point. And Bobby's response to that was, well, buddy, you can just come wake me up and I'll do the show whenever you want me to. And I thought, that's a hell of a response. And he's been doing it ever since. The only the, the guy who has called every single game of Derek Brooks's career. I still think that's a fantastic stat. Gene Deckerhoff has done every college, every pro game of NFL Hall of Famer Derek Brooks. And we thought at some point he might do that for Jameis Winston, but that didn't go the way we wanted it to. Not quite. <laughs> yeah, it didn't quite go. Didn't quite go that way. Uh, but, you know, Jameis Winston, that's another guy you're going to see in the preseason. They're going to have to figure out this quarterback situation. They got to give Taysom Hill and J- Jameis Winston both snaps in the preseason. But when does it, when does it matter? There's two times. Okay. Rookies and new offensive systems. Okay. That's it. Other than that, I'm full on board with Sean McVay. Did you hear what he said about Matthew Stafford? No. The next time you see him in the preseason, I will not be the head coach of the L.A. Rams nice. because he will never play his night in the preseason for me. Good. And that's even a guy in a new system. He probably goes a little more drastic than I do, but I just don't care. Mm-hmm. I do not need to see my vanilla offense against, and, and trust me, I've gone to plenty of preseason games. Been in the building, watched the tape, watched more of them than I'm proud of on television. Yeah. There's not a whole lot to glean from them. That's why I've never seen one. You've never watched a preseason game? No, I mean, I've watched one on television, but not a whole one. Because I just don't care. I don't care about seeing the fourth stringers for my favorite team go up against the fourth stringers from another team. See, that's why I like it. Because it's a bunch of guys that I did draft profiles on that nobody cares about. Probably nobody's ever going to see again. Right. So this will be the only time I get to watch them play in the NFL. <laughs> right. I mean, I'll check in on it every now and then, but even even the other night, like I said, I got so hyped up about the Hall of Fame game, and I turned it on and watched 10 minutes, and then I went, looked at my wife and said, hey, you want to watch Suicide Squad? Yeah, let's watch Suicide Squad. Still haven't seen it. I highly recommend it to everyone. Still haven't seen it. I, I do like that I can watch it in my home. I can't get over Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. I just I, I enjoy the fact I can watch a movie that's in theaters in my home because my home is more comfortable than a theater. Yeah, because those chairs do nothing but go. Hey, fat man, we're gonna turn out the lights, and now you 
go to sleep. I just can't. I just can't get the popcorn like I can at home. <sighs> Popcorn's overrated. No, it's not. Popcorn's gross. Movie popcorn is the best. Popcorn's gross, especially when you go extra butter. <laughs> you know, you know what would be a real movie stack? An actual ear of corn. That would be delicious. Popcorn out. Love corn. Hate popcorn. That's weird. You're weird. You're weird, Tim. You're weird. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I love. I love real corn. I yeah. can't stand popcorn. Okay. I'll remember that. The kernels get in your teeth. It's really annoying. But you, but corn on the cob doesn't get in your teeth. I have a system. Mm, you just cut it off the cob. <laughs> Mix in a little mayonnaise, throw every some day. spices in it. Every Call day. The party. Every day. You give me another example of how there are certain things about you that match my wife, and there are certain things about me that match your wife. I feel like we're like in the same relationships, just the roles are reversed. And the packaging is a little bit different. Because you and my Look, wife don't do not be so bear- down on yourself about your package, okay? Well, that's <laughs> what I meant. <laughs> yep, that's the thing I just said out loud. It's been a long day. What I was trying to say is that you do not bear a striking resemblance to my wife, is what I was that's where I was going with that. No. No. And thankfully you have no resemblance to my wife, physically speaking. You're in the Sports Tech with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville. 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400 puts Tuesday in the books. We'll be back with you right here tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Don't forget to check us out in the Sportsocracy tomorrow morning at 10 AM, live on YouTube from the Wicked Weed Studio. Deep fantasy football sleepers, 10 AM at the Sportsocracy. Don't miss it. We'll see you.